I got a message today, and it doesn't happen all the time, but quite often when we have our Friday night prayer meeting, I pray before the meeting, and a lot of times I have no idea what the Lord wants to do, but often during the meeting, the Lord just drops a verse or drops a thought or drops something into my spirit. Happened Friday. One verse of scripture, and I've been fascinated with this verse all weekend long. And I pray that the Holy Spirit can enlarge our vision and give us deeper understanding as we look into God's Word. Pray with me one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, to open the eyes of our understanding, to reveal truth inside of us that will change us, will lift us up, and cause us to be and to do all that you've formed and fashioned us to be and to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 4 and verse 18. Proverbs 4 verse 18. It says, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. title of my message today is Shining Ever Brighter. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Of day. You find a lot in the scriptures about paths. There are different paths mentioned in scripture. And usually it's the same word, and I looked it up. It literally means a well trodden road. In other words, so many people have already gone before you in that same direction. They've worn out the grass. They've trampled down the bushes, and there's a clear path that you can see. It's well-trodden. This is called the path of the righteous. The good news of the gospel is we who were all sinners, unrighteous, wicked, fallen, have been made righteous. We didn't earn our way into righteousness. We've been made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift called righteousness. A lot of people don't understand this, and I don't want to go real deep today, but when we come to Christ, it's not just to wipe out all of our past and our evil and our sins. Thank God He does that. But there's another whole part. He imputes to us the very righteousness of Christ. We put on the robe of righteousness. It's not my own righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ. So he forgives my sins. He strips away all the old. And I become a new creation in Christ. The very righteousness of God. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are getting off of one path and on to another one. Jesus talked about two paths. One is broad. Oh, it's popular. No wonder they call it Broadway in New York. 
It's the broad way and it leads to death, Jesus said. Because that's where most people are, are today. That's where most people are walking. And if you're going with the crowd, my friend, you're going to be on the wrong path. You didn't hear that. I'm going to have to repeat it. If you're going with the crowd, you're going to end up on the wrong path. Forget about pleasing people. Forget about doing what the majority says is right and cool and get on the right path. It's well trodden. Oh, a whole lot of people have already gone before us on this path. You're not alone and you're not the first. People have shed their blood on that path. People have lost their heads on that path. It's the right path. It's narrow, but it leads to life. The broad way leads to hell, to death, and to destruction. Thank God we're on the right path. Bible talks about a lot of paths. Talks about the path of the righteous. Talks about the path of life. It talks about the path of purity. It talks about the straight path. And in Hebrews 12.1, the writer of Hebrews says, we're running a race, and listen to these words, the race marked out for us. It's already marked out. You know, when you... Where's Giovanna? Where's Giovanna? Hiding? She not here? Giovanna runs track. And if you go to a track meet and say, well, I'm going to make my own race. I'm going to run and do circles inside the track that everybody else is running. Guess what happens to you? You're disqualified. They've already marked out the race. They've measured how many meters you're going to run. You don't decide on the track. You just get on it and you run. God has already marked out the race for you and me to run. We don't pick and choose and make our own little race. It's marked. It's already set for us. You can't miss it. It's the path of His commands, David said. I like that one. The path of your commands. God's Word is what defines this path of righteousness that we are on. And I want you to listen carefully to every word in our verse today because it's all significant. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. I don't know if you've ever been up before the sunrise and watched for that first little gleam of light. That's what it's talking about. That's how our life in Christ starts. We're coming out of darkness. We're coming out of the night, and the first gleam of dawn is what starts us on this path. But oh, listen to how it ends. Shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So there's something that's going to be increasing as we go along this path. More and more light. More and more brightness. Shining ever brighter. The Amplified Bible reads in this way. We don't have it on the screen, I don't think. But it says, path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. I like that. 
until it reaches full strength and glory in the perfect day. We talked about this a little bit on Friday night. I, I just, I find this absolutely fascinating that God keeps time differently than we do. Our way of keeping time is morning through night, right? We start in the morning and we end at night. Did you know we have it all wrong? God starts in the evening and he ends in the morning. You think, boy, this guy's crazy. I'm not coming back to this church. Genesis chapter 1. Read the six days of creation. At the end of each one of the six days, for instance, Genesis 1. Some of you are still doubting me. You think this guy's nuts. Genesis 1. First day, God creates light. He separates light from the darkness, calls the light day, and the darkness night. Verse 5, there was evening and there was morning. The first day. We don't talk like that. There was evening and there was morning. The first day. Verse 8, there was evening and there was morning. The second day. And so and so and so it goes each day. You see... Even in the six days of creation, God is giving us a picture of our whole salvation. We start in darkness and we end in full blazing light. You don't start in light and end in darkness. And you're going to see this all through the Bible today. It's in the New Testament as well as the Old. God created all things in six days. You ever thought about that? He didn't have to. Do you think God has enough power to create everything in one day? I think He has enough power to create everything in one second. There are several possible explanations why He did it in six days. One thing, He established a pattern, work six days, rest on the seventh. He established the Sabbath, not in the law of Moses, but way back in creation. He rested on the seventh day. But I also believe there's a more important message for you and for me. We would like for God to just go, and we're completely saved, sanctified, ready to go. Right? Instant microwave Christian. We want everything fast now. Fast internet. Everything's got to get faster, right? It just seems to me when I read Genesis 1, God is very deliberate. He takes one whole day to create light. He looks at it. He says, that's good. Then he waits for the second day. Then he does some more stuff. He looks at it, sees that it's good. Then there's a pause. Third day, he does some more work. One of my favorite verses in the whole creation account is in the fourth day when God creates the lights in the sky. And it says, verse 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. That's the moon and the, and the sun. 
And then it says, almost like an afterthought, he also made the stars. That's all. He also made the stars. Well, we happen to know now, thanks to telescopes and astronomers, there are approximately one septillion stars in the known universe. That's probably about to change because in 2018, they're sending up a far more powerful telescope. And I'm sure they're going to come back and say, oops, there's more that we didn't know about. But that's a one with 24 zeros after it. That's how many stars. And it just says, and God made the stars. Let's move on. What power? The Bible says he breathed out the stars from his mouth. Can you do that? <laughs> but what God was speaking to me through this, and I'm, I don't want to get too far off, but it is related to our discussion today. We want everything to be done all in one day. Finish it all and let's get on, Lord. And we don't like this process. Day after day, a little bit here and a little bit there. Come on, Lord, hurry up. And one thing that we notice, each day, whatever God completes that day, He looks at it and He sees that it is good. God has begun a good work in you. It's not finished yet. And sometimes we get frustrated, we get discouraged, we think, what's going on? Why haven't I finished the race yet? And if we were a little bit more like God, we might just pause and realize, thank God I'm not where I was, I'm not finished yet, but where I am now is pretty good. It's pretty good. God saw that it was good. And on the sixth day, when everything was finished, he saw that it was very good. You know what that tells me? He who began a good work in you, he knows he's going to finish it. And so he can stop along the way and say, it's good. It's good. It's going to be very good soon, but it's good. When the work is finished, it will then be very good. Some of you might have been with us in our Bible study on the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, going into the promised land. And they had seven nations they had to conquer and drive out of Canaan. And God told the Israelites, I'm not going to drive them out all at once. I'm going to do it little by little until you have increased. God could have gone, and all seven nations would have disappeared. But that wouldn't accomplish his, his purpose. He wants to drive the enemy nations out. He wants Israel to possess their land, to grow, and to become a mighty nation, filling Canaan. God could wave his finger and finish the whole work in your life and mine in one second. But he wants us to trust him as we go down this path, as we go through this process. It's a process. And if you're human, hopefully most of us here are, if you're human, sooner or later you're going to hit a wall, a bump in the road, 
a dark cabin or something, and you're going to go, what in the world is going on? Do I have any friends? Thank you, Darius. I got one friend. Sometimes it gets real weird. And you're like, am I going this way or that way? What's going on? There's a process. Path indicates travel, movement. We have to advance. We have to take steps. And the beautiful thing about this path, the further down the path you travel, the brighter it gets. I've spoken on this here many times, but I want to reiterate a couple of things today. The world is getting darker by the minute. Not by accident, not by coincidence. God promised it was going to be like this. Numerous scriptures that we've looked at here, we don't need to turn to all of them today. The Apostle Paul said, terrible times are coming in the last days. And he gives a long laundry list of all the depravity, all the wickedness that we're going to see in the last days. Jesus said, look for this in the last days. What an increase in wickedness and lawlessness. Are we seeing anything wicked and dark increasing in our day? Hello? It seems to be multiplying times multiplying times multiplying now. It's accelerating. And I spoke very clearly here months ago when the Supreme Court made gay marriage legal in all 50 states. I said, we've crossed the line now. We've gone into the final phase of Romans chapter 1, which is a depraved mind. An article came out this week from the Charisma magazine. I don't know if you get any of their news online, but they, they send these things out to me online. The title of the article that came out on the 18th of this month, listen to this title. Twelve signs that a cloud of insanity has descended on the land. Twelve signs that a cloud of insanity has descended on the land. I'm not going to list all twelve of them. Some of them I wouldn't particularly want to mention in front of the children or young people. It's that sick. This is called depravity. We're sinking fast. The culture, the whole environment in which we live is becoming darker and more depraved. But, and I say that with a big but, here's what the Word of the Lord has promised centuries ago about this time in which we live. Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3. Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3. I have to keep looking back now because the back projector burned out. <laughs> Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See. Stop for a minute. What does see mean? Look! Are you paying attention? Are you seeing? 
He says you're supposed to see something. Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness, I like the King James, gross darkness, Amplified says dense. This is some kind of an unusual darkness. It's gross. It's thick. It's dense. It's, it's like engulfing is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Let me tell you something. Two things are happening side by side. The world is getting darker and the church is getting brighter. The world is sinking deeper into depravity. We're becoming more righteous, more holy, more on fire, closer to God, nearer to the day of His return. It's called the perfect day. You choose which path you want to be on. One of the things mentioned in this article, and I'm not going to go into details, but I think this will give you some idea of the sickness of mind that we're now witnessing coming upon the earth. One of the most popular kind of parties now is called a sex roulette party. Anybody heard of it? I've never heard of anything so sick in my life. There's one unidentified individual who is secretly HIV positive, and a whole bunch of people gather in this party, and they all have unprotected sex in one big orgy. Now you tell me if that's insanity or what? That's what Paul was referring to. A depraved mind. We're seeing it, folks. This is dense, thick darkness. And when I read about that stuff, you know what it does for me? I want to be more on fire for God. I want to get closer to Jesus. I want to shout louder, sing hotter. I want to be on fire for God. I want to go out in a blaze. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus predicted all this was coming. Isaiah said, see. See both things. See the darkness and see the light and the glory that he wants to bring upon the church. Jesus is coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a glorious church. Another thing we've talked about here in the parable of the wheat and tares, Jesus said they're both going to grow side by side. Key word, grow. They're both growing. The wheat's growing, the tares are growing. The evil's growing, so is the righteousness. Side by side until the end. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he told his disciples on another occasion, you are the light of the world. Now you go shine. Before all men. The church is a city on the hill. Shine. Don't put your light under a bushel basket. You know, the world is not afraid nor ashamed of all the insanity that they believe in. Why are we afraid or ashamed to declare Jesus is my Lord? Jesus is my Lord. Happened to me again going to school one day this week. Guy a couple of lanes over. Man, he was juking and jiving. His whole car was bouncing around. I said, good. I rolled down my window, turned up my music, and started hollering in tongues. Praise the Lord! 
You want to be crazy for the devil? I'll be crazy for Jesus. It's time. Stand up. Why do we want to be like the world? Why do we want to imitate anything that they do? They're insane. The Lord rises upon you and His glory appears. Appears. Say that word. Appears. His glory appears over you. You know, I get so blessed watching God work in your lives. Because sometimes you can't see what's going on in your own life, but other people can. And we can see glory. Gary was at our prayer meeting Friday night, and he and Anthony were sharing how God was working in their lives. It, it just blessed me so much. I could see glory. Glory is coming upon these young men. It's real. It's real. Philippians 2, verses 14 to 16. Very important piece of scripture for the church. It explains where we are and what we're supposed to be doing where we are. It ties together a lot of the things we've already spoken here today. Philippians 2, verses 14 to 16. Okay, good. Oh boy. This one's going to be tough. Do everything. What does everything mean? Oh Lord. Why does that have to be in the Bible? You mean taking out the trash? Do everything without complaining or arguing. Whoo, do we have some homework this week? Hello? That's our assignment. <laughs> Write this down in your school planner. I got homework. That's what you write. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that, say that with me, so that, you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault where in a crooked and depraved generation. Paul knew that's where we were going to be. In the middle of a crooked and depraved generation. What are we supposed to do? Run to our closet and hide? No, he says shine. In which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. We're in the midst of darkness, crookedness, and depravity shining ever brighter. Shining ever brighter. Paul says to the Romans, where sin abounds, it puts grace out, right? It extinguishes the grace. Where sin abounds, there does grace much more abound. The more sin increases, the more grace is going to increase. So the darker and the crazier things get in our society, 
It must mean God has more power, more glory, more of the Holy Spirit, more anointing, and more grace for your life. Get a hold of it, because you're going to need it. Isaiah 9, we love to sing and preach on verse 6 at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, right? Wonderful counselor. But the next verse is even better. Of the increase, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. God's government is called the kingdom of God. It is increasing in spite of all the stuff we see on the news and happening day to day around us. The government of God is increasing. The kingdom of God is advancing forcefully. We're doing a study on Wednesday nights. If you if you haven't joined us yet, uh, we're we're just not even halfway through. I would encourage you strongly to become a part of it because all the previous studies are recorded and there's notes for everything. But we're talking about the glory of God there. I can't get away from it. We need the glory of God in these last days. And with all of the darkness and wickedness on one side, God is going to be displaying His glory in amazing ways in these last days. So you and I should get in on the action. 2 Corinthians 3 Verse 18, sorry if I'm reading this one often, but I'll keep reading it often because it blesses me. It's a very important scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, I want you to note the word ever-increasing. Ever-increasing. And we, point to yourself if you're a we. I don't know about the rest of you. If you're not a we, what are you? (laughs) Them? And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Ever-increasing. You know what that means? You can expect more glory this week than last week. That went right over some of you. You can expect more glory this week than last week. A lot of people have it all wrong. Oh, I'm going to start off on fire for God and then it's going to be all downhill after that. I'm going to kind of cool off and, you know, run down and get bored, and finally in the end I'll just be kind of sputtering and whimpering. That is totally wrong. We should be hotter, brighter now than we've ever been. And if we're not, we need to go to God in prayer and repentance and call on Him and find out what happened. Because He says, I should be ever increasing in glory. More glory now than a year ago. More anointing now than a year ago. More revelation of Christ now than I've ever had in my life. Now, coming back to our scripture. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Starts off just a little sliver of light. Shining ever brighter. It keeps growing. It keeps increasing until something until the full light of day. 
You see, that's what's at the end of the path. That's what's at the end of the race. Paul says we're not just beating the air, running around to be running. We're racing somewhere. We have a destination. We have a goal. We have a prize. We have a finish line. Here it's called the perfect day. Hebrews 10, verse 25. This scripture, sadly, is often used by pastors just to thump people who haven't been coming to church lately. 25. Got real quiet. So I guess I don't need to thump anyone. They already got it. There's more to this than that, though. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 25. 25. I like the NIV because they capitalize day, meaning it's a special day. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Be careful if you start to get into that habit. Now, we all miss church for various reasons. No one here has perfect attendance. But watch out when it becomes a habit. If you miss two... Three, four weeks in a row, you're kind of slacking up in your prayer reading, in your prayer, in your Bible reading. You're not really worshiping the Lord too much. Be careful. That's how it starts. Make a habit of prayer, a habit of being in the Word, and a habit of meeting together with Christians. It's very important. God didn't design this to torture us. He designed this because He knows there's certain edification, certain blessing, certain things that transpire in your life that can only happen when we meet together. It will not happen alone in your living room. But you know, rather than thumping people, you better come to church next week, I'd rather emphasize the second part. Do you see the day approaching? Do you know about the day? Do you know that soon and very soon, Jesus is coming in glory. He's coming for a select group of people who are watching, praying, preparing for His return. Do you know about that? Are you getting ready? Let me tell you something. Nothing will get you back into church faster than understanding the nearness of the day. But notice again a key word, see. As you see the day approaching, do you see it? Do you see it? If you're observant and if you're discerning, you see it's getting closer. You see from the atmosphere, from the environment, from the culture, things are happening. I read another amazing uh, scientific report the other day about three famous mountains 
in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe you've heard of one or a few of them. Mount Hood, Mount Rainier, and Mount St. Helens. These are all big mountains in Washington State and Oregon. They're all volcanoes. Mount St. Helens blew in 1980. In the last four to five months, they have been noticing something very unusual around these three volcanic mountains. They're called earthquake swarms. I never really heard that term before. I had to study it a little bit. They've had close to a hundred earthquakes around Mount Hood since December. Think about that. A hundred earthquakes. Mount St. Helens, there have been numerous earthquakes again. And they noticed this in 1980 leading up to the eruption. What they believe is happening is about 2 to 10 miles underneath the ground, liquid magma is starting to come up and fill the empty magma chambers that are underneath that mountain. There's pressure. Something is squeezing it up to the surface. And as that pressure builds, it can only go one way. And this geologist, he says, it's not a matter of if with these three volcanoes, it's when. The most devastating of all would definitely be Mount Rainier because of its proximity to Seattle, Washington and Tacoma, Washington. And it's not so much that it's necessarily going to bury the whole city under lava. It's worse than that. These are snow-capped mountains. Many, many feet thick of snow and ice on the caps. When that heat erupts from the cone of the volcano, it instantaneously melts all of that snow and ice, and you have a tsunami flowing down that mountain, burying whole cities under hot ash and mud and debris. Am I trying to scare you? No. I'm just telling you, everywhere you look, you see the day approaching. Because God said in these last days, I'm going to shake the earth. I'm going to shake the earth. And here we are worried about transgender bathrooms. Give me a break. Give me a break. You talk about insanity? We better start worrying about the real issues. Jesus is coming soon. That's the day. The day. Romans 13, verses 11 to 14. I want you to notice how this lines right up with Proverbs 4 and everything we've been discussing today. And I'm almost done. Romans 13, from 11 to 14. And do this. Understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Man, I got blessed by that one. That blessed me all weekend long. I'm nearer. I'm nearer. 
You know, if you're a young person in school, um, I hate to give away the secrets, but the teachers are more anxious for the school year to end than you are. <laughs> and as a teacher, let me tell you something, I can smell the end is near now. We have final exams, graduation, and in two weeks, I'm a free man for the summer. And I can, I can taste it. And it, it, it encourages you when you know you're getting nearer and nearer and nearer. You know, when it's in the middle of January, you've just finished Christmas break, and you're looking at the calendar, and it's like, uh-oh, January, February, March, April, May, June, I'll never make it. And sometimes in our Christian path, it's like, I don't think I'll ever make it to the end. But you know what? We're so close to the end now. Don't get discouraged. We're nearer now than when we first believed. We're closer to the finish line than we've ever been. That's why he says in verse 12, listen carefully to this, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Remember how God keeps time? Evening and morning. It starts in the night. It ends in the day. Our Christian life starts in the night. It ends in the day. The night is nearly over. The darkness that we're in, it's almost over. The day, the day, say the day. The day. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness, put on the armor of light, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Put on as a cloth, put on as a garment, the Lord Jesus Christ. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Stay on the path. It may seem hard sometimes. It may take some strange twists and turns, but I'd rather be on the path of the righteous narrow as it is, than the path that leads to destruction. And yes, sometimes the process, it's like, Lord, can we move on? Why do we have to break this down into six days? Can't you just snap your finger and finish the work? He's faithful. He's faithful to complete what he started. I want to stand and I want to close with a song that I've been singing all morning long. I woke up singing this song. It's an oldie but goodie. You may remember it. If not, it's a new song. You can pretend it's a new song. But let's stand. He who began a good work in you. Ready? Watch it.